I felt God say to me before I came that sometimes we complicate things too much. Anyone ever been guilty of that? Someone just whistled at me. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, I'll take that one too. Friendly bunch in Wellington. My wife will ask me how it went. I said, very good. (laughs) Greet each other with a holy kiss. Sometimes we complicate things too much. And I want to just talk for it. I want to talk... (laughs) I want to talk for a few minutes on uh, three things. And I'm going to get you to come and sit down. Thank you so much. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But I just know that Father needs me to almost shift and transition a bit. So I'm going to do that. And when he says sometimes we complicate things too much, he's, there's three things I want to talk about. And I really want to mention just two. And then I want to lean into the third one for a little bit. And if you receive my daily devotion, this is going to be like a rain coming a second time. But that's okay because I can hear it 50 times and I realize I keep on needing to hear it. And I want to talk about... Grace, mercy, and thankfulness. Grace, mercy, and thankfulness. And God wants us all to understand and have a fresh revelation that we need to be people who receive grace. Yeah? And we need to receive mercy. And we need to give thanks. We need to receive grace. We need to receive mercy. And we need to give thanks. We need to receive grace. If we can turn our phones to silent, that would be awesome. We need to receive grace. We can receive mercy. And we give thanks. I just want to talk about grace for a couple minutes, mercy for a couple minutes. And then I want to talk about thankfulness, giving thanks. Uh, Because Father's showing me it's much more deeply spiritual than we realize. For some of you, it's actually the missing key to your breakthrough. For some of you, you're praying about things a lot, and God's saying there's a different key I want you to use, and it's not asking, it's giving thanks. But I want to mention grace first for a moment. Remember, my for those that were here, the in the Greek, the word grace this morning, the divine influence on the heart. And it's reflection in the life, including gratitude. That's what it says in the Greek. The divine influence on the heart. That's the grace part. The grace part is the divine influence on the heart. Remember, this whole thing about revelation is removing the veil and and it's got to be between the spiritual and the natural and it's got to be done from the spiritual side. Grace never initiates with you or with me. It's always God. Is that right? Grace is God's part, and it's this divine influence on the heart. No one got saved outside of grace, for it is by grace, through faith. And so listen to that. It is by grace, through faith. But let me tell you what grace is, just in a simple sentence. Because grace and mercy are pretty much the opposite. And I want to show you this. Grace is receiving from God. What you do not deserve. 
is receiving from God what you, we don't deserve God's love. Come on. We don't deserve anything from a God who is perfect. And when he gives us grace, come on, when he gives us love, when he gives us revelation, it's not because we're really, really good and he has to. It's out of the goodness of his heart because he is good. And grace is receiving. You can't get revelation outside. Grace enables revelation. This is the, the grace is the divine influence on the heart. I'm initiating here. Grace is receiving from God what we do not deserve. And grace is accessed through faith. I believe. I believe. That's why it says about salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. God's grace is available for everyone breathing, correct or incorrect. It is God's will that none should perish. He didn't die for just some. He died for all. Some accept it, some don't, but it is available. And some, he does reveal himself to some that still reject him because of the hardness of heart. And the difference between those that accept it and reject it has to go through that doorway of I believe. Even if it's I believe, help my unbelief. It's a sense of yes, God, I accept, I accept. And grace, I, I just feel, for me, some people um, have defined grace as the unmerited favor of God. And, and, and that's true, unmerited, undeserved, unwarranted. We don't deserve it. That's the bottom line. Do we? We don't deserve his favor, his love, his con- We don't deserve it. But we can't live any moment of any day outside of the grace of God. Grace is what God initiates and gives to me, and I don't deserve it. Every day I'm becoming more and more aware. I don't, I don't, I don't actually deserve this in and of myself. Thank you, Father. That's what grace is, receiving from God what you do not deserve. If you're in, 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 if you're in situations of impossibility, you need the grace of God. You need the divine influence in, in your heart. You need God to just give you something that you don't deserve. When you're in, going into a meeting, you go, ah, I don't know what to do. And you say, God, would you give me your wisdom? It's grace that releases the wisdom. Doesn't make sense because grace is receiving from God what you do not. I don't deserve you to give me your, come on, the mind of Christ. I don't deserve that, but God, I'm asking for that. Grace releases that. Whatever you need, if you're feeling physically weary and you're going, God, I really need your strength to get out of bed today and go to work. It's grace that releases that strength. Am I making sense? Grace gives you what you need, but you do not deserve. It is the divine influence on the heart. But mercy is actually the, the flip side. If grace is us, God giving to us what we don't deserve, mercy is God not giving to us what we do deserve. And we need both. But there is an order. Divine influence on the heart. The definition of grace, you know that you can see grace, mercy, and thankfulness in the very original language of grace. Grace is a key that unlocks all of the stuff. You can't actually receive mercy unless grace has been present. Because the need for mercy means you recognize you need 
forgiveness from God. You need mercy. You can't know that unless you've had a divine influence on the heart that's revealed your true state. And you go, oh my gosh, I need something from God right now. And I need mercy. Because right now, what I deserve is punishment. What now, I deserve death. I deserve separation from God, naturally speaking, outside of Christ. Is this right? So the divine influence on the heart gives us what we need from God, but it also doesn't give us what we actually deserve. Man, I'm grateful for God's grace, but I'm also grateful for God's mercy. Uh, aren't you glad that His mercy is anew every morning? Aren't you glad that grace is not exhaustible and mercy is not exhaustible? Aren't you glad about that? Wow. If you're ever in a... Wow. Thank you, Father. If you're ever in a place where you go, man, I so need mercy, and you're almost feeling guilty because you're in that place where you need to ask God to forgive you again, just, I've just seen this now. Pause and give thanks that you recognize you need mercy because that means grace is at work. Did that make sense? There's a lot of people who go through life, man, they need the mercy, the forgiveness of God. They need the cleansing of God. And they go through life oblivious to it or pushing it aside and not forget it. So if you're aware and then you receive it, that means grace is leading you towards mercy. You're getting what you from God what you don't deserve. And part of what he's giving you is not giving you what you do deserve. But even within the very original language of grace, the divine influence on the heart, grace, stirs you and its reflection in the life. It will, it will actually, if God is initiating, God is doing something by way of grace in your life, it actually has a reflection in your life, including part of the reflection is God right now. I marked out, I need your mercy. I need, that's actually the reflection in the life, asking for mercy. God is, it's just pretty good. Grace opens the door for mercy. If grace is accessed through faith, I believe, then mercy is accessed through repentance. Forgive me. We need both. I believe, forgive me. I believe, forgive me. Sometimes on a daily basis, we probably need to confess both of those things at times. But don't get down on yourself. Be thankful that you're actually recognizing grace and responding to grace. I just feel, uh, I just feel Holy Spirit telling me some of us really need to get this. I need to drill this a little bit more. Some of you are feeling bad for recognizing that you're in a place where you need God. This is actually real for some of you in this room, isn't it? Man, I'm here again. That's better than being in that place and not recognizing you're there again. Stop beating yourself up on recognizing you need God. So you need mercy. Receive it. Do you know why you know you need it? Because God, by his grace, is revealing that you need it. Not too shabby, really. Hebrews 4.16 is a great scripture. I mean, verse 15 is really cool, too, actually. 
Last time I checked the whole Bible, it's pretty cool. But I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. Do that yourself. Um, but Hebrews 4, 15 is, we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize, sympathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that good? Because he was tempted in every way, just like we were. But he did not sin. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I'm going off script, but I don't have a script. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except it's common to all mankind. Sometimes you beat yourself up because, man, I'm worse than everyone else. No temptation has overtaken you except it's common to all mankind. You're not any better. You're not any worse. You're not a better sinner, and you're not a worse sinner. But then I love the shift in First Corinthians 10.30. No temptation has overtaken you, seized you, grabbed hold of you, except common to everyone, <laughs> including Jesus. And then it shifts from you and me, and it goes to God is faithful. Some of us read that and say, I thought we were talking about me right now. But it says, and God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. And when you are tempted, he will provide a way of escape. That's lovely. And it's not theory. He's saying, I can provide the way of escape. I, I get a picture. We've got this in Melbourne and stuff. That he's got. Have you got those... Um, Anywhere, those big mazes that you walk through that you you got to try and try and find your way out, and you pray to God you're not trapped for three days without food and water. You know the ones I'm talking about, that like the big hedges. This is what I get a picture of. You know, you're in there, and temptation can be like that. I can't even find my way out. But it says if you marry up First Corinthians ten thirteen and and the um, what was it the Hebrews four fifteen that. He is he he has not unable to empathize with us because he's tempted in all ways such as we were, yet he did not sin, which means he took the way out. Carry that up with when you are tempted, he will always provide a way of escape. This is what God says. Jesus was tempted in every way, and he actually was able to walk out of it without sinning. He's now in you. Follow him. He'll lead you out of the maze. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not so bad. But then Hebrews 4, 16, the next verse after that says this. Let us approach the throne of what? Let us approach the throne of? It's not the throne of mercy. It's not the throne of works. Thank God for that. It's the throne of grace. Let us approach the throne of grace. That is God giving to us what we do not deserve. That is the divine influence on the heart. He sits in a place where he gives to us. Come on. God sits on a throne where his posture is still same as John 3.16. For God so loved the world, I gave my only son. I'm a giver, that's who I am. And the, the throne I sit on is still a throne where I give what you don't deserve. Come on. I'm preaching myself happy. Thank you, Father. Let us approach the throne of grace. Not the throne of judgment. Not the throne of judgment. Some of us fear the judgment seat of Christ. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. That's not for you. I don't want to mess you up too much. But that should, that should encourage you. In Christ, we're hidden in Christ. And you see that even in One John 
2, verse 1 and 2, I think. When he says, I write this to you, dear children, so that you will not sin. But if you do, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have the word advocate in the Greek, defense lawyer. You know, if you get charged with something and you go to court, you know, and you see on the movies, the firm and other things, the ones with the best lawyers win. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Money buys the best lawyers. Well, we have a defense lawyer. His name is Jesus Christ. And it says, and he stands before the Father and he is the righteous one. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the whole world. So if we do the wrong thing and we come to God, the Father doesn't look at us and see our sin because the Jesus is stand up as a defense lawyer and say, hang on, hang on, don't talk to them, talk to me. I've already paid the price. You laid their sins on me. You can't charge them for what you've already charged me. That's called double jeopardy. So we got to... Savior who sits on the throne of grace, let us now approach the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Do you need something from God, my friends? Do you need something from God? Do you need wisdom right now? Do you need grace? Do you need healing? Do you need power? Do you need soundness of mind? Do you need calmness? Do you need peace? Do you need it, my friends? Well, come boldly to his throne of grace. That is the divine influence on the heart that God giving to us what we do not deserve. And he says, and if you come to this throne of grace, you will receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. I'm just mentioning grace and mercy, but both are found at the throne of grace. They're not both found at the throne of mercy. They're found at the throne of grace. So if you go through the access of grace, God giving to us what we do not deserve then you can actually receive from him grace when you muck up. But you'll also receive more grace. Doesn't the Bible talk about grace upon grace? Grace upon grace. Grace Where sin abound, grace much more abound. What God gives. I just want to say, God's grace is needed in your life and my life every day. God, give me what I don't deserve. Thank you, Father. God, I need mercy. Whenever I do the wrong thing, God, don't give me what I do deserve. Jesus has paid the price. Now I thank you for it and I receive it in Jesus' name. And that leads me to the third thing that I want to talk about in just the remainder of our time. And I won't take too long. I want to plant a seed and I want you just to lean into it as you feel farther. Tell you lean into it. I reckon a fresh revelation of the grace of God and a deeper revelation of the mercy of God, God giving me what I don't actually deserve and God not giving me what I do deserve, I think the appropriate response is thankfulness. I think the appropriate response is thankfulness. And I'm gripped by when I look in the Greek at that statement of what grace is. Do you know it's all captured encapsulated in grace. It's more powerful. That's why it's called the gospel. This is the gospel of grace. This is what's so important. Because I was gripped when I read, Danny, where it says grace is the divine influence on the heart, this revelation I talked about, and it's reflection in the life, which I talked about this morning. And then it says, including gratitude. What gripped me was this. 
it didn't give a list including gratitude and 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 uh, good works and a changed life and a stirring up of the gifts and an overcoming of the enemy and uh, and a controlling of your it, it, if it's talking about the reflection in your life why didn't it a give a list or none at all why does it give one thing i think it's more powerful than we realize Grace is a divine influence on the heart. It starts with God revelation and it has a reflection in the life. But I tell you right now, according to the word of God, if you are truly having a revelation in grace and are walking in grace, God giving you what you do not deserve and you're walking in the grace of God, it will include gratitude. It might include other things, but it will include gratitude. If there, are, if we have a life devoid of overflowing gratitude, then we have not been truly touched by grace. Challenge your name. And God knows how powerful it is. The enemy knows how powerful it is. And it's time for a fresh revelation. I'm talking about verbal gratitude. I'm not just talking about a mild sense of appreciation. I'm talking about a verbal gratitude. So I'm just going to give you a few scriptures. I'm going to light something and then uh, we'll be done so that you can do whatever you're doing. Um, Psalm 100 verse 4. You know this. If you grew up like I did in 70s and 80s in New Zealand, we used to sing it. Good old scripture and song, Dave and Dale Garrett. I just, but again, it can roll off the tongue and you lose the power. Oh, okay, Holy Spirit's telling me, everyone pause right now. If you really want, Father sent me from Australia, if you really want in these last few minutes, God just to bring deep revelation to your spirit, I need you to just ask him for it right now because he's just telling me this is too important. If this goes in your mind, you're going to go, yeah, that's good. That's, I know that. This is much more spiritual than you realize. Much more spiritual than you realize. And it is the missing key for many of us in this room right now. We're waiting for the breakthrough. We're waiting for the healing. We're waiting for something to shift so that we can give thanks. And God gives you've got it the wrong way round. So, Father, we receive your revelation. We ask for it right now in this place of rest. This is what the word says, my friends. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. What is a gate? A gate is a place of entry. When you're from the outside of the city and you go and step into, you go through the gate in the Old Testament. You go through the gate. He goes, you want to enter into my presence? Come through the door called thanksgiving. It's pretty clear. Enter his gates with and enter his courts. The gate is the place of entry. The court, again, I looked at it in the Hebrew. The court is the place of habitation, dwelling, meeting where you actually fellowship. You want to step in and you want to fellowship with me, says God. Give thanks and give praise. And then he goes on and says this. Um, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Come on, give thanks to him. Come on, praise his name. He said the same things twice. This is the way you come in and this is the way you remain in my presence. It's with thanksgiving and it's with praise. It's not just with complaining. Don't just talk about your problems. Come in and praise me. Thank me for who I am. Come on, start to lift me up. For the Lord is good. That's the reason why we do it. You know what I say? But my circumstance, stop. 
Shift from your circumstance. We do it because the Lord is good. But this hasn't been resolved. Great. The Lord is good. We've got to start, stop magnifying and fixating on our problems and start magnifying and fixing our eyes on our God. Give thanks to Him. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Bible says you want to step into God's presence, go through the doorway of thanks. God says you want to dwell, remain, fellowship with Him. Great. Praise Him. People say to me all the time, and probably you, and people talk about, I want to know the will of God. They, you know, as, as a prophet, prophetic person, what's God's will? What's God's will? Well, seen as you ask, the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18, First Thessalonians 5, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. Verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks all the time for this is God's will for you. No, no, no. I get that, Steve. But what does God want me to do with my life? Okay. I'm glad you asked. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will. We don't want that. We want, I want the will of God where God's going to grace me here, anoint me here. He's going to open the doors, remove my problems. He's going to have angels singing over me, maybe some harps playing. And God says, no, you want to give, you want to do the will of God. Rejoice always. But that, that's impossible. You don't know what I'm going through. The guy who wrote this is the same guy who wrote Philippians 4. We'll back it up to verse 4. I gave you verse 6, but we'll back it up to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes, okay, you're really struggling with this in your brain right now because of what you're going through. Oh, by the way, I'm writing this after being beaten and I'm in prison right now. So let me say it again. And again, I say rejoice. No, no, Steve, come on. You're trivializing my word. I'm not trivializing nothing. We are brought into a life from the enemy. When it gets good, I'll give thanks. When it gets resolved, I'll give thanks, which means we're using God for what we can get. Give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. When Paul says that, I'm thinking I better pay attention. It's like when Jesus says, truly I tell you. When everything he says is true. <laughs> because I'm saying truly, but, but have you ever thought, what do you, I'm thinking you say all this stuff and just a few times you say truly. Why? Because he's going, your natural thing is going to say, nah, impossible. So I'm reinforcing, no, this is important. You can do it. Paul's the same. Rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, I'm not moving on yet. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Some of you look at me as strange. I'm going to say it again right now. Rejoice in the Lord, but I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through pain. I'm going through separation. I'm going through redundancy. I'm going through rejoice in the Lord always. Steve, you're being callous. No, I'm being biblical. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. 
your controlled strength, not your weak, not your broken, not your just a mess, but let your controlled st- strength be evident to all. When you go through the stuff and people say, but hang on, you should be right now complaining. You should be right now fearful because your job's on the line. No, 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 I'm giving thanks to God. And that's, having, that's coming from the inside out. And it's evident to those around me who are fearful of what's going to happen to my job security and my this my gentleness. Why? Through the doorway of thanksgiving. I'm entering through thanksgiving. I'm staying through praise. And I'm rejoicing in the Lord always. And my gentleness, let it be evident to all. In verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything. But in everything. Not for everything. In everything. Don't confuse for and in. You're in Christ and in everything you can give thanks, but you're not giving thanks for it. It's a saddest that is beaten and put in prison says, thank you, God, this prison is so nice. It's not what it's saying. The focus is not on the chains of the prison. It's on the God who is on the inside. And is it going to never leave me or forsake me, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death? God's in me. So I'm going to thank you for that. Because everyone else has abandoned me right now, but you're still with me. You're still with me. You stick closer than a brother. My brothers and my mother, my fathers, they've they've left me. But God, you're still with me. So I'm going to give thanks. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Again, it's talking about prayer. So it could just go on with prayer and supplication, make your request to God. It doesn't. It goes with thanksgiving. You need to understand. Don't approach my throne with your problems through the doorway of complaint. Come to my throne of grace with your problems through the doorway of thanksgiving. That's why Jesus said, well, if you want to know how to pray, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, come and holy is your name. What's that praise? It's thanksgiving. It's, it's worship you. It's come on, right now, I admit I don't see everything, I don't understand it, nothing's working out the way I thought it is, but right now I just put this aside, I'm going to say you're worthy, you're holy, I love you, I thank you, I praise you that you're in me, you're for me, you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me, and God, I just need your kingdom, your authority, your will, right now, come into my life. I don't even know what it is, but come, Lord. Oh, and once I've done that, would you please give me today what I need? But I'm going to come through the right doorway. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I wonder if you take the literal word of God and read what it says and then read what it doesn't say, the, the flip side to it. If it says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I wonder if God says, don't present your request to me if it's without thanksgiving. It's a challenge to me. Steve, you want me to do this? Did you thank me? It's not a formula. It's just right. It's truth. With thanksgiving, present your request. Because we all claim the last part. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I'm praying God should be guarding my mind. Are you thanking? Because it says with thanksgiving. If you omit those two words... The peace of God doesn't have to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Is this okay or not okay? You're going really, really quiet on me. I'm saying we enter with thanksgiving. We come into the courts with praise. Why? Because God is good. I want to do your will. Great. Give thanks in all circumstance. I want to pray. Great. Do it with thanksgiving. Can you see that? 
you want to enter, you want to remain, you want to pray, you want to do God's will, you can't do any of them devoid of thanksgiving. Verse uh, Psalm 92, and I'm about done. Almost. <laughs> Psalm 92, verse 1 and 2. And I want to just read this from the New King James. It brings something out. Psalm 92, 1 and 2. In King James, it says, and again, it, it rolls off the tongue, but I almost want to just meditate. It says, It is good. To give thanks to the Lord. Just pause and think. Don't, don't rush on that. When God created things, his opening statement was, it is good. It is good. Mm. For my South African friends, lacquer. It is good. And if that was wrong, oh, forgive me. It is good. It is good. Created mankind, man, it is so good. You can you can replace the word good with right. It's right. It's just the things of God are just right. Truth is, it's just right. It's this is exactly right, Nick. It's the way it should be. It might not be the ways of the world. It might not be what your emotions would demand of you. It may not be what your fellow employers or your family would expect of you. But what is right and what is good and what is it just is, is whatever is God. I wonder if in part it says, I am who I say I am. I am. I'm, I, it, I just am. I'm good. I'm right. I'm truth. And so I want to know, God, if you are good and you declare some things are good, I want to lean into the things that you declare good because the things that I think are good sometimes are not very good. Anyone else? It's a good thing for me to get lots of ABC. No, God says, let me tell you what's good. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. You want to know what's good? Give thanks to God. God himself says that's a good thing to do. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness. I want to talk about your loving. I want to talk about your goodness and your kindness. This is thanksgiving. This is praise. Right now I'm going through a valley of shadow death, but God, I, I just want to testify about you, that you never leave me, you never forsake me. I want to talk about how good you are and how you've led me through before and I know you'll do it again. I want to talk about the fact that even if it doesn't work out how I think it will work out, I'm not going to cast away my confidence, I'm still going to praise you. Even if I go through the fire, I know you can save me from the fire, but if you don't, I'm still going to praise you. I may have come into my mother's womb naked, I might return the same way as Job said, yet I will still praise you. Why? Because I just have come to a revelation, it's just the right thing to do and I wonder if the very thing I'm avoiding is the very thing that father is highlighting it's what you need to do and maybe some things will shift but we're not going to do it so the things shift again it's using God I'm not going to oh I need that breakthrough I'm going to start thanking God are we there yet no 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to praise him and think about the scripture I just read. Why do we do it? For the Lord is good. Not because I want my breakthrough. 
I want to I want to do the will of God that I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances because that's just the will of God. And it says here in this last bit here, I'm going to declare your loving kindness in the morning. I'm going to talk about your faithfulness every night. And that is not, I'll do it once in the morning and I'll do it once at night. Like when it says in Psalm 1 about meditating day and night, it is a continual living reality. I, I want to f- finish this part by my daily devotion that I've told you guys about a few times. Some of you get it. I just encourage you to get it. Again, it's, it's not from me, the believeinyou.com. But this is what I wrote about this. Um, probably about a week or so ago on that verse. So I, I, I just felt Father say, read it to you. But I want you to get this. This is on that verse that we just talked about every declaring his loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. And this will give you an example of what I do in my daily devotion. This is what it was in my, that I wrote. Good morning, people who habitually give thanks to God every day. We get up every morning. We go to bed every evening. We eat every morning. We eat every evening. We drink every morning. We drink every evening. We give thanks every morning. We give thanks every evening. Breathing is not just done once every morning and once every evening. Breathing is something we do continuously. Just like we are told to rejoice, pray, and give thanks always in every situation. Some habits need to be broken, but some habits need to be formed. And giving thanks needs to become a habit that we just cannot live without. So that's one day to give you an idea of length. And if you want to get that, get it and believe it in you, just go to the website, subscribe, because I want to feed you. But I want to finish this up right here and just say that praise and thanksgiving is God's way. It's not the world's way. It's not your feelings way. It's not your present reality, natural conclusion way. It's just right because God said, this is what you do. I wonder if we have people that will meditate a bit more on the grace, receiving from God what I need. We think about the mercy. He doesn't give me what I deserve. And we live a life saying, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I want to leave you with this, a 30-day Thanksgiving challenge. Not because I want you to do it 30 days and then stop and go back to your complaining all life. (laughs) But with any habit, sometimes it takes a while to form, to break it, to get in a rhythm. It shouldn't be a, I need to, I need to, I I don't want to do that. But I've just done this myself, and man, I I realize that it starts to get in me. It starts to get in me. So I I, I want to invite you guys to go on a journey for the next 30 days, which, by the way, when I say the 30 days, that's just to get it in you, and then it just becomes a bubbling over. And you go, I don't even know where to start. Here's four things. What would happen if you wrote down, verbalized out of your mouth and wrote it down every day, thank you, Father, for something about God? If you said, thank you, Father, for something about yourself. That's a big challenge for some of you. 
30 things I like about myself. If we're seeing ourselves how God sees us, maybe part of the thing that's going to release even this greater identity in Christ is if we see ourselves as he sees us, we can thank Father. Thank you, Father, that I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that I can actually do all things through you who gives me strength. Wow. Thank Father for some things he's done and declared and said about you. Thank you, Father, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. And if you have to just prophesy to yourself by faith and do it. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for who you are. Thank God for one thing about someone that you love. Thank you, Father, for Sally. Thank you, she is so generous with her time. Do you think this could shift something? It might change the glasses you're looking through. And then thank you, Father, for one thing about your church or this family. Now, you might have a lot of other things. Some of you that are really struggling with work, maybe you need to thank God Every day for something about the place where he's planted you, the place where he's sent you, the place where he is working through you. And again, declare it by faith. Thank you, Father, for my place of employment, that I get to go in there and shine a light so people glorify you. You might say, but that's not the way it is. How about you thank him in advance and maybe your life will start to go towards the thing that you're prophesying through your thanksgiving. Does that make sense? Praise God. Let's finish. Let me give thanks. Father, I want to thank you for your grace. I want to thank you for your mercy. And I want to thank you for the clarity of the will of God for my life. And that is to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. Thank you that this is the will of God for me. Lord, it doesn't take any sort of prophetic revelation, insight, spiritual tenacity whatsoever to see, notice, and talk about what's wrong. But Lord, it does take a man and woman of God that say, I'm going to step past that while I'm walking through that, and I'm actually going to give thanks now. So God, would you make us the most thankful people on the planet for who you are, for what you've done, and for the blessing, the privilege, the joy, oh, just the goodness and rightness that we get to fellowship and journey life together. The awesome people in this room, would you bless them, bless them, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. And my friends said amen. It has been such a joy to be with you guys again. I'm flying back tomorrow. Um, and I think I'm already booked in for this, I think maybe the second week of November, so I'll be back again. But, uh, so if you need to plan a holiday that weekend to avoid coming, do so now. Otherwise, I'll be here. But thanks for so opening up your hearts every time to me. You make it easy for me to minister, and so I thank you for that. I love you guys. I bless you guys. Thanks, Greg and Danny, for allowing me on this journey. See ya. Class dismissed. <laughs> Please, again, take a photo if the, if the slide is up there. And, um, yeah.
avail yourself of the things that are free. Bless you.